Coming live from USA, Long Island, our two special guests tonight, and they are early morning there. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. But before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have got, let me get you in a better window. Yes. And let me get it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Today we have got Mark and John Cronin, father-son duo, co-founder duo of John's Crazy Socks. Welcome to the show, Mark and John. Uh, namaste. Namaste. Thank you for having us on this show. We have been so looking forward to this. I'm really excited. Hi. Yes, John, I am also very excited and in fact, uh, waiting to be inspired. Your story is already so inspiring. You have inspired people no less than the President of the United States, then President of the United States, and so many others. So I will not tell your story. You will tell your story. I will only ask questions. But before that, let me show you something. I hope you like it. I hope I've done justice to some of the pictures that you guys shared, your team shared, your very efficient team shared. So just let me try and see if I've captured it correct for you. Just hang on. Oh, those are some wow, great photos. That's great. Thank you so thank, much. Thank you for sharing that. You're good looking. Hey, you're good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, goodness sees goodness. And you know, father, son do goodness all over. So that's 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 so nice to see. And in fact, so let's ask some very qu uh, basic questions. The journey from where you started and to the pictures that I showed with you. Those are your pictures, and I just put it together for the world. Well, so, you know, first, you have to know some things about my partner here, John. John is my youngest son. And so you're an entrepreneur? Yes, I am. And now you're a sock tycoon. Yes. And you're a public speaker? Yes, I am. You're a philanthropist? Yes. You're a dancer? Yes. You're an athlete? Yes. You have a girlfriend, so you're a boyfriend? Yeah, I'm very smooth. And you happen to have Down syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I have Down syndrome. Down syndrome never hold me back. It does not. So that's an important thing to understand about John and how we and why we got started. So you'd have to go back 
little more than five years to the fall of 2016. And John was in his last year of American high school. Um, where were you? I, I was at Huntington High School. It's going to be my last year school. So like States. everybody else, John was trying to figure out, what am I going to do when I'm done with school? And what were you looking at? I, I, look, at, I look at job, program, and school. I don't like the option I don't like. He didn't say anything he liked. And I. this is a problem in the United States. There just aren't enough good opportunities for people with differing abilities, people like John. And I know the same issue is a problem in India. But John here is a natural entrepreneur. If you didn't see a job you wanted, what'd you say? I said, I want career one and I want make one. He said, I'll make my own job. And and what'd you tell me? I said, I want to go into business with uh, with my dad. I want to have a nice fellow start business together. <laughs> you know, I'm a lucky man. Yes, you are. I have got three sons. John is the youngest. <laughs> and this is one I can work with. Right. <laughs> so... There we were. All right. We're going to go into business together. What would we do? Well, Conjit, you know, entrepreneurs have a lot of ideas. Some of them are good ideas. <laughs> John had a lot of ideas. What was one of your ideas? A lot of them is a food truck. I have an idea from the movie Chef and John Farrow. The other movie about a father and son Buying a food truck. Let's open a food truck. Seemed like a fun idea. We're thinking, what could we make? Where would we put it? But we ran into a problem. We can't cook. Yeah, we can't cook. So <laughs> it wasn't going to be a food truck. But then, right before the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, right? The end of November. John had his eureka moment. I did. I want to sell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. It, it always let me be me. John had worn these crazy socks his whole life. We used to drive around looking for them. Right. So this is what we figured. If John loved these socks that much, Surely other people would too, and we could find our tribe. So at that point, we went the lean startup route. We said, let's not overthink this. Let's get something up and running, and we'll see how customers respond. So you already had the name. Yep, I got my name. I got my website. I got my ideas. We built a website on the Shopify platform. Many people will be familiar with that. We got some inventory. We were bootstrapping. So you got to make do with what you have. So the only marketing we did was to set up a Facebook page. Yeah. And I would take out my cell phone and we made videos. And who was in those videos? I am. I talk, I talk about socks. Socks, socks, and more socks. And we noticed something those videos started getting shared. And so we opened in middle of December and we didn't know what to expect. 
but we got a flood of orders right away. And not surprisingly, most of those were local. We live in a town called Huntington. It's on Long Island, outside of New York City. Most of the orders came from Huntington. So what did we do with those first orders? Uh, I, I, I do a home deliveries. Home deliveries. We got red boxes. We put the socks in the box. And we looked at it and said, this needs something else. So what else did we put I in? I put a digging your arrow. I put a candy. We got bags of Hershey's Kisses, these little chocolate pieces. And we poured them in the boxes, loaded up the car, and drove around. And John knocked on doors. I did. Handing out socks. Right. How did the customers respond? Customers loved it. They took a picture with with their socks and shared it with me a word again as friend. So, in those first, in that first month, really two weeks, we shipped 452 orders and had $13,000 in revenue. And we said, okay, we have something here. We can make this work, right? And we learned a few things. One, a people want to buy socks. Two, people want to buy socks from me. They wanted to buy from John. Yes. They related to John. They liked that personal touch of the thank you note and the candy. They liked the fact that we had already pledged to donate 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And you learn by doing. So we learned that this young man... This is an old man. This old man, we could sell mm -hmm. socks. So that's how we got started. And and for the entrepreneurs in the audience, you know, you understand them. Take action. Don't overthink things. If you have an idea, go out and test it. You know, we think everything we do is a hypothesis. You think it's going to work. Then go out and do it, measure, and see what happens. Right. Right. Carry on. Carry on, uh, John and Mark. Uh, I would like you to cover that journey as you went along. Well, you know, today, we'll jump, we'll jump ahead today and then we'll fill in a bit. Today, how many different socks do we have? We have 4,000 different socks. 4,000 different socks which means John owns the world's largest sock store. So we've grown from just the two of us. We've been able to create 34 jobs. 22 of those jobs are held by people with differing abilities. We have now shipped over 380,000 packages to 88 different countries. And our giving back program has raised over $500,000 for our charity partners, 500,000 US dollars for our charity partner. But it was quite the journey to go from just the two of us to where we are today. And we still have a long way to go. What we have done is build a different type of business model. It's a social enterprise. We have a social mission the way a charity might. 
And yet we're a business and we have a business focus. And those two impulses feed off of each other. They're indivisible. If all we were doing is selling socks, you wouldn't be talking to us. We've counted. There are one gazillion sock businesses out there. If all you're doing is selling socks, what can you say? Oh, ours are better than yours. Ours smell less than yours. Ours are cheaper than yours. But because we have a social mission, that differentiates us. And that gives the socks a sense of meaning and purpose. So at the end of the day, the socks become the physical manifestation for the story and the mission. And we've built the business on five pillars. It's bring and hope, give it back, fund products you can love, make it personal, and make it create for to work. So our overall mission is just to spread happiness. Yes. And that drives everything we do. How can we spread happiness? How can we bring more joy to the world? Well, if that's our mission, we have to start at home. Our colleagues have to be happy working here. So that's why we have that pillar. Let's make this a great place to work. Yeah. A place where there's a mission in which people can believe. Where everybody knows why his or her job is important. A place where we put people in a position to succeed so they can do their best work. A place where we appreciate and recognize their efforts. Then making it personal. We are always looking to connect with our customers. We're not interested just in transactions. We're interested in building a relationship. And you see that in even today, every package gets that handwritten thank you note yes. from John, gets a package of candy. You'll see on your packing slip the name and the picture of the person who packed your order. You know, we email. We don't bombard our email list and business owners know that. That's one of your most valuable assets. We don't bombard our customers with three emails a day. We send two a week. One of them, it's just a note from John. John sharing what he's doing. It's just, let's let, let's connect with people. Let's share the experience. And then fun products you can love. Everything we sell has to spread happiness, has to be fun. And who has to approve it? I, I am. I have to give, give behind. John has to approve every product we sell. And if he doesn't like it, or you know, if it doesn't fit what he believes in, we don't sell it. But there's another part to that. We have to run a great operation. So the website has to be great. The selection, you know, 4,000 socks, that has to be great. The products have to be great. We have over 29,000 five-star reviews. The service has to be great. We do same-day shipping. We do better shipping than Amazon does. And Jeff Bezos over on Amazon, he's not putting a thank you note and candy in those packages, is he? No. 
And then there's the giving back. We don't think it's enough to just sell stuff. You got to give back. So we started by pledging 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. And why the Special Olympics? I I am a Special Olympic athlete. John's a Special Olympic athlete. And we want to show our gratitude. So we start there. But we've gone on to create products that raise awareness and celebrate causes and raise money for those causes. So what were the first awareness socks we created? The first one we created is a Down Syndrome Awareness Sock. Down Syndrome Awareness Socks. And who designed those? I did. You did. right? So they celebrate people with Down Syndrome. And they raise money for the National Down Syndrome Society. We have autism awareness socks. Right. We have cerebral palsy awareness socks. During the pandemic, we introduced healthcare superhero socks to say thank you to frontline workers. And those raised over $50,000 for the American Nurses Association. Yesterday, we introduced new socks. There are American Sign Language socks that say, um, I love you in sign language. Um, and they raise money for the Lexington School for the Deaf. So we also sponsor an Autism Can Do scholarship. That giving back is baked into everything we do. And then the most important pillar is inspiration and hope. We want to show the world what people with differing abilities can do. So we start with John. John has Down syndrome, but we don't put him in the back. No, I'm going to be in the front. I am afraid that I'm coming. You're in the face of the business. Yeah. We've been able to create 34 jobs. 22 of those are held by people with different abilities. And we want to show the world. We take, we, we share content all the time showing what our colleagues can do and showing who they are. Right. You know, I'd like to say no broccoli. <laughs> Nothing that your mother says, sit and eat this. This is good for you. It's got to be fun. We host tours and work groups from schools and social service agencies. Now that we do them online, we've had schools from India attend. We've had schools from around the world come and take tours because we want to show them. Look what John can do. Look what our colleagues can do. You can do this too. We do speaking engagements. Um, so we've spoken at universities and colleges, again, around the world with virtual ones. We've spoken at you know Holy Cross College and Vanderbilt College and Loyola nice. University and Hofstra University. We've spoken at Carleton College in, in Canada and Paris City University yeah. and Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, we've spoken at universities in Portugal and Spain. Um, and with businesses, we've spoken at a Microsoft conference with 5,000 people. All to show, look what people with different abilities can do. And we use, our business has given us a platform that we're able to use to advocate, to speak to public officials to encourage employment for people with different abilities. So we've testified twice before the United States Congress. 
we've spoken at the United Nations, all standing up for what people with different abilities can do. And we share this with our customers. So if you're a customer of ours, you're going to get great socks. But you're also part of that giving back program. You're also supporting our advocacy work and our outreach. And you're part of that. And that's the experience we share. So that's how we've been able to grow the business. Right, right. Uh, great story. I think I've been a trained journalist for the last 25 years. Worked with the best, got trained by the best. I was, you know, trained to tell the story better, uh, better than a lot of people. But I think I couldn't have told it myself if you had not told it yourself. So that's why it was a privilege to get you and speak uh, out your story to the world. Well, so thank you for that. We're thank so you for appreciative that. that you let us thank do Thank you for that. that part, that that part to both of you. Now, uh, let's go back to when it started. Uh, firstly, the idea, if I understand, was uh, John's idea. It just came into his mind uh, about socks, crazy socks. Uh, John, how did this happen? You know, people try to find the idea of their life and struggle to do that and never able to get down to actually, you know, getting down to the final idea. How did you get this, you know, great idea to your Eureka moment? Um, well, where did the idea for socks come from? I, 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 I could put it in my head. And, um, I, 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 I lay down up my ears. I out my ears. So sure, when you think hard, smoke comes out of your yeah, ears. I, I, I just want to do something fun, and I want, I want to be creative. And you thought that would be fun and creative. Yeah. But part of it was you had a bunch of ideas. This was one we settled on, right? I did. Um, you know, there's. I, I think if you're going to start a business, you can think of three concentric circles you have one it has to be something you love and if not love certainly something you know about so you know about journalism there also is a circle people have to be willing to pay for it you may love doing something you may love painting but if nobody's willing to pay for your paintings you don't have a business and then right. it has to be something you can replicate, something you can do over and over again. And it's the overlap of those three circles. That's kind of the, the entrepreneurial hotspot, if you will. Um, but he's also fearless. And, yeah. and I can look back now and see incidents throughout John's life where he was showing he was an entrepreneur, that he had ideas and you would go pursue them. I do. And you were good at problem solving. Right, I do. Yeah, I'll give you a story from, I guess, yours early in high school. McIntyre's. The McIntyre's story, yes. And we were out. Was, my wife and I were out. John was home alone, and he wanted to make a container of macaroni and cheese. But for some reason, the microwave, our microwave was broken. So how would he heat it up? 
It was simple. He took his cup of macaroni and cheese and knocked on the neighbor's door and said, excuse me, can I use your microwave? That's pretty good problem solving. Or you're in a summer school and you thought there should be a talent show. So he went and met with the principal and said, I want to organize a talent show and laid out a whole plan and went and did it. You never even told me about it. I found out when we got invited to the show. You did all that on your own. I did. That was awesome. Right. Right. This one is for you, Mark. Uh, you know, uh, you see, I, I named that promo when we, when you talk of Down syndrome, that down but not out. You are a perfect, both of you are a perfect example of that. Now, anybody who has, as a son, has an issue, something like Down syndrome, and I'm talking about the larger part of the world where any father or parent would be very worried about the future of his child. You could have also been, you know, been one of them and, you know, just quit the situation itself and left it all, all on God. But you did not. Obviously, you had a corporate experience. You were in top positions in during your corporate life, but a father is a father. And that time, a father thinks like a father. Why didn't you quit? And why did you choose to fight back? What made you? What, what was the thing that helped you uh, well, take down? There, there are a number of things. First, um, you know, you mentioned being a father. I love being a dad. I didn't think I would but it's been a wonderful experience. It's also very humbling. There's so much we want to do for our children. And in many ways, so little we can do. They have to figure out their lives. And as a parent, and, you know, I know what both my wife and I work to do. We were always promoting our, we have three sons, our son's independence. We wanted to give them confidence and strength to go out in the world and live the life that they felt was right for them. Um, but I'm also an entrepreneur. I've started a number of businesses. Um, and I have been starting some new businesses when John came to me. So I found it exciting that a son of mine wanted to do this. But if we were going to do it, it was going to be real. We were going to do something special. And John would have to work. He, you know, he'd have to be a partner. So it seemed natural to me to go forward and try this. Right. Right. So what would you tell a lot of parents world over? Uh, because the, shows go, the show goes all across the world in audio and video. And obviously on text also, I tried. What would you tell the parents all across the world if they find out that they're children? Well, yeah. Everybody's got to find their own situation. But you know, I'm very careful about this because, like I say, parenting is very humbling. I'm not an expert. I can share our experience. And, and part of that is don't underestimate your children. 
focus on what they can do, not what they can't do. You know, one of the things I share with people, don't be blinded by somebody's limitations. Be awed by their possibilities. So, you know, if I look at John, there's some things John can't do. John can't do abstractions. He, so that makes math challenging. We don't ask John to do our financing. But boy, show up, persevere, problem solve, communicate, represent. He can do all of those things. So why don't we focus on what he can do? Um, and that applies to everybody. Right, right. Now, I'll ask there's, this to John. Yeah, carry on. Carry well, on. There's, there's another point to make. Sure. As a parent of a child with a disability, one of the things that you often hear, particularly when your child is born, is you get told, well, God only gives a burden to those who can handle it. Well, God only gives a challenge to those who can handle it. Well, first of all, my son is not a burden. This is my boy. Second, John has made us better parents. John has made me a better man. John has lifted me up. So it's only natural that I get to work with him. So I'm the one who has benefited. And that's, that's the way we approach things, right? Absolutely. Okay, you know, so this one, right, this one is to... If you have a child with a disability, you're always adapting and always figuring things out. So that makes it good for running a business, right? You get a pandemic. Well, if you're a child with a disability, you've always been adapting. So a pandemic, that's all you can throw at us? We can handle that. Right. Well said, well said, Mark. Now, going to John. John, how was the feeling uh, when you came out with that crazy idea of crazy socks, but actually very great idea, you know, great business idea. I just call it crazy out of fun because, you know, crazy socks, it's indeed a great idea indeed. So when you come to know about this, that you will be co-founding this company with your dad, how was the feeling? Uh, before that, and when you know that now you will be up to something big, um, I, I, I'm feeling I, I, I'm feeling great working with my dad, and uh, my dad uh, becoming that I, I have I learning a lot. I have I became, and he I I, I he got my strengths because I I he I he becomes. And I, I came a learning light, a learning curve all the time. And uh, I, I have I had a better partner like him and never without my dad. And I used so much by me and it is so great um uh, 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 my strengths and my well, you're always learning. I'm learning. You're always curious and coming up the learning curve, which is really important. And he believes in me. I do. Just like you believe in me, right? I mean, it's a good partnership. 
because we both want the same thing. We're both committed to the same goal. And we both know we need each other. I couldn't do this without John. I wouldn't have been able to. And I'd like to think that you need me around to do things too. Right? Absolutely. Um, and, okay. you know, what, <laughs> go, go ahead. Carry on, carry on. I'll, I'll ask. What are some of the things that you really stood out or that you've liked about the business? I know I love the fact we get to create jobs and give jobs to people that otherwise couldn't have jobs. What are some of the things you like? I really like all about gratitude and our gratitude and to fathers and seeing people out there and I go, I, I go there dreams, and I, I anyway, I, I anyway, I, I they change the world. I, I, I'm seeing. You like doing this, huh? Yes. Okay. Okay. Do you guys have fights about business ideas, different ways? You know, people see things differently. How are they like? We really haven't. Um, you know, and I, I, I can juxtapose this for a while my middle son is is all the brother work with us and that wasn't working out i love him dearly but if we kept working together you were going to find us both on the floor in a pool of blood um <laughs> so it's it's not always happens but there was one time we had a disagreement um we had somebody in here that was looking at doing a business deal with us. And we really didn't like the guy. We didn't want him around, but we had promised him a tour. And John was given this tour and I interrupted to try to speed things up. And John looked at me and he was not happy. And he took me back into the office we shared and he pointed at the banner on the wall and he said, Whose name is that? I said, it's yours. Whose picture is on the business? I said, it's yours. And he looked at me and he said, don't interrupt my tours. Don't ever do that again. And I haven't. <laughs> okay, great. Now, you see, when you started the business, it started doing well. And then you took the growth path. Anybody in that normal situation like that would want to accumulate wealth, especially when they know that in future, uh, some of this money would be needed, you know, for security purposes. People, normal, normally everybody wants to accumulate wealth for security needs and then they perhaps one day might think of self-actualization. But... You started to think about, you know, the mission to spread happiness. Uh, it came in quite early. How did that happen? Means, why did you get uh, bit by the bug uh, of insecurity? Because we know, we believe this is the way to do it. That we would not succeed if all we did was focus on the dollars and cents. And don't get me wrong. We care about that. We want to make money. We like to live indoors. You got to pay that rent. Um, but we, in fact, believe the security comes from doing the right thing, doing for others, from building those relationships, 
because that's what makes us resilient. That's what will enable us to succeed for a long time. Now, I can tell you, we've had our ups and downs. We started very fast, but we were bootstrapping. So we were undercapitalized. And, you know, 2017 and 2018 were great years for us. 2019 was very tough. We ran out of money. Um, you know, growth is expensive. Um, we were close to bankruptcy. But we fortunate we found the right partner, and that became key for us. We found a partner, a third-generation family business that shared our values and was committed for the long run. And that helped stable us financially and also gave us the manufacturing capability we need so that we can grow. You know, when we started this business, one of the main reasons was to give John here meaningful work for the rest of his life. So that security means a lot to us. We, I want him to have meaningful work for the next 50 years. But to do that, you have to have a business where it has a strong foundation, that it, you understand your mission and your purpose, you understand your values, because that's what will help you withstand the challenges and problems that will come up. You know, we're in this for the long haul. And so we have thought of security right from the beginning. But that security comes from viewing things in the long run, not just the short term. If you're only viewing things in the short term, I think you can make mistakes looking for short term money that won't be there in the long run. Okay. You, you also talked about gratitude earlier on. That's a good word, great word. And people sometimes just use it. But I see that you actually, you know, are giving back to society and spreading the message that uh, what people with differing abilities can do. So what does gratitude mean uh, to you? And why should people be grateful uh, in a position like you when you don't need it, uh, you, when you don't need anybody's help? Well, for starters, what do you say are the keys to happiness? Uh, I gratitude and to father. So gratitude leads to happiness. We are so fortunate to get to do what we do. You know, in our business, we're so fortunate to work with a great team. You know, we can go and travel and talk to people and spread our message. And I don't have to worry are we getting orders out on time? Are we placing orders for inventory? Because we have a great team and they're managing that. And so that derives a great sense of gratitude. We have gratitude for our customers. They make this happen. Without our customers, we're nowhere. So um, I think gratitude is, it's a sense of appreciation appreciation of the opportunities that we have. Um, and it, I think that's just a better way to look at the world. Right. Right. Well, well put, uh, Mark and John. In fact, in today's world, you get so many messages that everybody keeps on, you know, telling them what they are doing for the world. Uh, you know, 
and uh, we just don't know whether what they are saying is correct or not correct and what uh, what they are amplifying so much is actually uh, so great what's so great about it but you see corporates companies uh, just you know blowing their trumpets well, so loud know, you know from your experience as a journalist show don't tell right you know take our giving back program it it's not oh, let's wait to the end of the year and see if we made money and then decide if we'll write a check. It's got to be baked into everything you do. So, yes, we support, you know, for example, we support the National Down Syndrome Society. But there's so much more, right? We hire people with Down Syndrome. The face of our business has Down right. Syndrome. We speak... Uh, and support Down syndrome organizations. We come and speak at events. We share things that John is doing to help people with Down syndrome. So it's not one thing. If it's something you believe, it will be made manifest in everything you do. And that becomes apparent to other people. So it's not about us saying, oh, look at us. We support Down syndrome causes. It's Let's go do what we should be doing, and then other people will see that. Right. Right, Mark. In fact, uh, yeah, John, you were saying something? Well, for us, I mean, here's kind of our view of the world, right? We're just a couple of knuckleheads selling socks. And yet, all we want to do is change the world. Absolutely. Right? It's We're modest. We're... We're just guys selling socks, but we're doing what we can. That's all. Yes. If everybody does what they can, it will certainly be a very different world than what it is now. Now, talking of a, a business, face of the business, uh, Mark and John, uh, it is not an easy thing to decide. You know, nowadays it's the culture of brand ambassadors and spending so much of dollars and to find the right person to represent their business, whether it should be the CEO or it should be an outside, some celebrity and whatnot. For you, that uh, the business started and went well. Now, that was, you have been into corporate life and you were an entrepreneur yourself. Being the father of a son is one thing and being thinking seriously about the face of a business is another. I'm sure somewhere along the line, you both the things assimilated and you took the call. I've seen some of his videos yesterday, also on Instagram, and John is fabulous. I can tell you, uh, you know, taking out socks out of the shelves. And I'll tell you, I'll just buy those socks just because John is showing them and nobody else. I don't want... The world's most beautiful model showing me those socks. But with John, anywhere in the world, in any store, I'll buy them. So how did you manage to assimilate this fact of, you know, getting your son or John as the face of your business? That is, well, you know, you are looking forward to survive for the next uh, half a century at least. who we are. This is who we are. You know, John is the co-founder. This is personal to us. But we're just showing who we are. Right. It's 
John here has no guile. And me, I'm too old to care. This, you're going to get just to we are. You know, part of this is we, at the end of the day, we have to answer to ourselves. We have to look in the mirror and say, are we living up to what we believe? We can't blame it on the board of directors. We can't blame it on the investors. We can't blame it on headquarters. It's us. So you build a company. Uh, you know, part of it, you know, now we have a strategic partner. Part of what I'm always telling Lewis is, what would be your dream scenario? And then why don't we do that? What stops us? Let's treat people the way we want to. Let's pursue the right thing. You know, here's one way you'll know. You'll know if you're following your values, if you're willing to give up revenue for that. And yet in the long run, you'll make more money because you'll be around. So it's very liberating for us, you know, of... Right. Treat, I, I... treat people, you know, when we look at our colleagues, you know, some of it's that gratitude of appreciate what they're doing. But treat people the way you'd want to be treated. And guess what? People respond. You know, treat our customers that way. Right? Right, yes. And you have advice, don't you? I do. What's your, your advice for people? My advice, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. I work hard and show you can do it. Show what you can do. Yes, Dad. You do that all the time, yes. don't you? At, at age 26, John, you are speaking those wise words where those, uh, when, uh, early on, what, you know, old wise men used to understand this only after spending so many years in the jungles. How did you become so wise? Means how did you get so much of wisdom? And second <laughs> thing is, how do you like to be the face of your business? Do you like being the face of the business? I do. I like I like to be the Do you like get up and talking in front of people? I do. I, I really like talking uh, talking uh, 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 um, uh, other people. And you like making the videos? I, yeah, I do. Video, TikTok. TikTok. You like doing the TikTok videos, don't you? I do. You dancing all the time. Dancing all the time. <laughs> but part of it, this is drawn, and it's a little bit. What we do around here? Well, what would John do? How would John respond? Um, and listen, when you have a mission to spread happiness, everybody is happier. We don't fight with our customers. You know, you've heard the old line, the customer is always right. Nonsense. The customer can be dead wrong. But we're not in the business of being right. We're in the business of spreading happiness. So how can we make our customers happy? Right. It's good stuff. Yeah, Dad. You like doing this. I do. Hmm. And John here, he's a very hard worker. I mean, I, I give you lots of examples. How about I tell that Special Olympics story? 
Okay, go ahead. So one night we had gone to a uh, fundraiser for the Special Olympics in New York City in Manhattan. It was for young professionals, a lot of Wall Street type, very hot club. We didn't get home until three in the morning. And I look at John and I say, listen, you're exhausted. Take tomorrow, sleep in, catch up on your sleep and your rest. You haven't had a day off in ages. He says, okay. So I get up, I come to the office. About 10 o'clock, who comes walking in the door? It's John. So what are you doing? He said, I had things to do. I took an Uber to the office because he wasn't taking a day off. He wanted to be working. Nobody motivated. Nobody told you to do that. That's what you went and did, right? I did. Right. Right. Now, one question more on the business perspective that you have, you know, attained so early on is that, you know, John's Crazy Socks is built on five pillars of inspiration and hope, giving back uh, about socks that people will love and making it personal and making it a great place to work. Even big companies find it difficult to come to this vision. And even if they achieve that, you know, those things to write on their pages, it's difficult to stick to them. And we hear stories often about how people have been treated in their organizations. Now, how could you, how was it arriving to this? Uh, I'm just wondering how you arrived at such a fantastic vision and five pillars for your growth story. How did that happen? Well, first of all, we didn't just start on day one, as it were. Right, I'm 63, year old, 63 years old now. I've led other businesses. So it's a whole lifetime that gets you there. You know, that's part of it. So these are things that we deeply believe in. And we shared within the business, and that affected everything we did about it, how we shaped the business and who we hired. We repeat this all the time. Right. So we talk about it all the time in-house. And we use these as the criteria for what we're doing. When we do our strategic planning, it's built into that. When we're laying out objectives for the year, it's measured against, are we spreading happiness? And how does this fit with our five pillars? Um, so... It's not a one-time thing. You write it down and fashion the words. You have to live it. And it's, it's living and breathing. Um, and it has to run through everything we do. Um, right. So we talk about it a lot internally, but we use these things to measure what we do and determine how we're going to do it. And then it affects everything you do. So, you know, here's an example. If you call our office, there is no voice jail. That phone is going to be answered by a person. That's great. There is no script. And we don't monitor phone calls. 
you are going to have an actual human conversation. Why? Because we say it's all about making it personal. And we're going to spread happiness. And that's how you do that. Right? And everybody gets involved. So, you know, here's, an ex here's a couple of examples. We do our own fulfillment. We run our own pick and pack warehouse. Uh, we do that because we're creating jobs and because we make things very personal. So one day, one of our happiness packers comes to us and says, you know, we're, we sell socks for diabetics and yet we're sending them candy. What's wrong with that picture? Oh, so now what do we do? We have a supply of sugar-free candy that goes if you order diabetic socks. It's just paying attention. Um, you've heard, you know, if there are businesses out there, you know, you have your email and you need to, you should segment your email to personalize it more. We segment our fulfillment. So everybody gets the same ingredients in a package, but we have five different basic packages. If this is your first order, you get one package. If it's your second order, you get a different package. If it's your fifth order, you get yet a different package. Because we're looking to make a connection, to deliver some wows, to engage with our customers. And everybody's trying to figure out how do you do that. We're entering the wholesale channel for the first time. Okay. That packaging is going to be different and we have less opportunity to directly communicate with that customer. How do we do that? So that goes into, well, how do we, what tags do we make? What information do we put out there? Which vendor, which um, retailers do we want to work with and how do we want to work with them? And that's all driven by our mission and our five pillars. Great, great. Uh, John, uh, my last question to both of you, what would you say to people now who are venturing into business or whatever they do with any sort of disability? When champions, you know, fighting for those people, you appeared uh, before Congress twice and keep on talking about, you know, opportunities for the disabled, people with disability. How, what would be your message? This is my last, you know, question or question. Uh, request to ask you both and then we'll close. So what's the advice you have for people? You said it before. What's your advice? My advice, follow your heart. Follow your dreams. Work hard and show you can do. You know, for me, know what it is you're about and believe. Know what right. matters. And believe in that. Stay true to what matters. Stay true to what matters. Yes. Follow your heart. Follow your dream. I'll go with John's words. I'm also trying to follow my heart and doing what I love to do. That's bringing great stories to the world. With this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much for your time indeed. Thank you. Thank you. This is wonderful. You have such a wonderful show and lead such a great conversation. Thank you so much. This is just the beginning. 
we will keep on talking the conversation must continue just as happiness must keep spreading with people like you and through people like you oh you should tell people where can people find us and you find us at john's crazy socks.com john's crazy socks.com and we'll invite you to a few things every tuesday at 3 p.m. New York time, what do you host? I host a dance party. John hosts an online dance party. Online dance party. You're welcome to join. Absolutely. If you like our banter, we have a podcast. What's it called? The Spreading Happiness Podcast. The Spreading Happiness Podcast. We tell some jokes, some good stories. And my love life. An update on John's love life. Um, and you can find that on all the shop of, on all the podcast platforms, um, you know, and if there's something we can do for people, contact us and let us know. We'll do everything we can. Great. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much talking to you. you. I really did not feel like that I was doing a, a interview. It was indeed a conversation between friends. Thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank you.